Good afternoon and welcome to Community Focus at JJY. I'm Ken Thomas along with Tess Taylor. And today we're going to talk uh, with our friends from Camp Ripley. We have Mr. Tony Housie, who is in the Camp Ripley Public Affairs Office, and Mr. Jeremy Sifra, soldier, or the Soldier Family Red- Readiness Specialist, also with us today. First of all, gentlemen, welcome to Community Focus. Thank you. Thanks. Jeremy, we're going to start with you, if you don't mind. Uh, For our listeners, can you talk a little bit about the Soldier Family Readiness Program? Uh, Yeah. Well, basically, the Army places a high value on both the military and uh, their personal readiness. And commanders have an obligation to provide assistance to establish and maintain personal and family affair readiness. Um, And this is kind of where we step in as the Soldier and Family Readiness Specialists. Um, There's 14 of us across the state of Minnesota and over the last several months, what's happened is we have combined our family assistance centers and our family readiness support assistance uh, to create these new positions. So, so while we've uh, appeared to have downsized, we've actually expanded our coverage across the state of Minnesota. Um, and for our local listening area, uh, we are covering Camp Ripley, uh, Brainerd, Moorhead, Duluth, St. Cloud, Alexandria, Cambridge. So uh, that's just a small portion of uh, the coverage that we have. Yeah, very interesting. Now, tell us about some of the specific things that you do, do yeah. in your capacity then and, and, and what uh, the Family Readiness Program does. Yeah. Um, so the big thing is, too, is just to keep the soldiers' mind at ease while they're deployed. Uh, so what we do is, is we help the families out um, before the deployment, during the deployment, and after the deployment. Um, things that we do, uh, we help with crisis intervention, working with the American Red Cross and local resources. Um, we also have a great program, it's the Exceptional Family Members Program. And this is where soldiers, when they go on active duty, if they have a family member with a physical, emotional, developmental, or intellectual disorder that requires a specialized service, we work with in the community uh, resources and services to make sure that those family members are taken care of. Uh, we also have uh, financial resource and management programs um, that we help families out to resolve financial issues. Emergency services, where we do uh, well-being checks for family members while the soldiers deployed. Uh, we also help out with uh, TRICARE insurance, which is the military's health insurance, along with uh, legal aid. And we uh, do deployment support where we reach out to the families of deployed service members on a monthly basis to check on their well-being and uh, possibly assist them with anything that they might need with uh, community resources that we have established. Ah, Very interesting, and it makes such good sense to me. Because, uh, boy, if I was deployed and uh, you've got enough worries when you're deployed (laughs) (laughs) to take care of business than to have that in the back of your head hoping that your family is okay. So this is that peace of mind for those that are deployed, isn't it? Yeah, and there's, you know, and another part of this too is we have what's known as family readiness groups. And part of our job is to work with uh, the commanders uh, to make sure that the total Army family program is taking care of the soldiers and their families. Uh, that's the biggest thing. Uh, and, you know, I'm just being a veteran myself and doing multiple deployments the last thing you really need to worry about is uh, your family's well-being. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, uh, whether it's financial or emotional. Um, today's technology has taken us to where you know we can call home 
daily if you wanted to, if sure. you know, the soldier soldier had a time to. But uh, still, there's that that time in yeah. there where where there might be that concern or that worry that the soldier might have. And uh, the biggest thing for them is just to remain mission focused. You know, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And actually, Jeremy, if I remember your story, you've been on both sides where you've been deployed and your yes. spouse has been home and you've been home when your spouse was deployed. That's an interesting yes. dynamic for you, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, my wife is also a veteran of uh, several deployments. So yeah, we've had uh, we've uh, crossed, path on, crossed paths on deployments and we have also uh, supported each other while the other one was on deployment. So. Yeah. It gives wow. you such a unique perspective uh, totally. to what the families are facing. Though. Yeah, yeah, it, it sure does. So, um, and and I I appreciate uh, what the family members have to go through after being one with a deployed soldier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, I'll, I'll ask right away: Has COVID nineteen just complicated things immensely for soldiers on on both sides and in your program as well? Uh, you know. With technology, a lot of things that we've been going to, uh, we've been using Zoom quite a bit. Um, there's a number of organizations that we work with, such as Military One Source and Yellow Ribbon Reintegration Programs um, and the Yellow Ribbon Regional Outreach Program and Beyond the Yellow Ribbon. And it's kind of it's kind of interesting to see how technology has uh, changed a lot of these programs. So everything we've been doing has been on Zoom. Okay. So... Uh, so while we can't have the big gatherings anymore, or you know the big I don't I don't want to call them potlucks, but the big get-togethers, sure. the community gatherings, uh, we've gone to gone to technology to keep the information flowing. Very and interesting. That's a, that's a big part of it. The, just getting that information out there and being able to connect with families and connect with service members and uh, the sharing of the information. That's the hardest part. Mm-hmm. Maintaining that communication. Well, Very interesting. Good, you guys are there. How do families, you know, get in touch with you, or how do they approach you if they need your assistance? Um, since we're we're kind of a newly developed program over the last three or four months, mm-hmm. um, while we've been there for years, uh, just with these new positions, um, and fourteen of them across the state of Minnesota, the best way to get a hold of somebody is going through the family programs director. Okay. And they're actually out of St. Paul, but then they can they can push the resource out. And their number is 651-282-4284. And they can guide you to the local, to the local uh, person Excellent. to provide the information. Okay. Another great way, too, uh, just search on Facebook. Uh, look up MN National Guard Family Programs. Or you can actually go just Google search Minnesota National Guard Families. Nice. And it'll take you right to the programs. Yep. Okay. Very good. All right. Anything else we need to know about the uh, Soldier Family Readiness Program? Nope. I think we have covered it all. We appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you. So, Tony, we've got other things cooking down at Camp Ripley, do we not? We do. We're still still chugging away full steam, so we... uh... Uh, you know, even though it gets a little quiet here during the week sometimes, we we still have the lights on and we're still working pretty regular. Good. Now, didn't you also have uh, COVID-19 affect uh, some of your training here just recently? Uh, about, you know, a little bit. It, it, it was more uh, in, a, in response than uh, any type of uh, an effect itself. Okay. So just the way that we uh, had to tackle 
uh, you know, the next phase of our uh, of our training and how we would welcome new customers in and, um, you know, go go forward with a, a full season of training from there. It, it just took us back a little bit so we could um, adjust our practices to meet the CDC guidelines and the direction from the governor and the, uh, the protocols from the Army and things like that. Uh, but once once we got those under our under our belt, we were back in action. Okay. So, do you uh, continue to uh, have partners that are utilizing the facilities here as we head into fall? We are, and and like if you come here now, uh, you would see there's probably more civilians on camp than there are military at, at the <laughs> moment. We we had uh, you know. Our local units go out to California for a big training exercise the past couple of months here. Uh, so the majority of their training has been knocked out already. So we have the opportunity of a lot of law enforcement, uh, a lot of our state partners, uh, different folks uh, utilizing our training area that would be a, a little bit tougher to get into with uh, all the military folks trying to get in as well. So. Mm-hmm. It's a busy place, and it's a great opportunity for them to come up and conduct their training and and uh, do what they need to do, so they can have their services uh, services and training knocked out for the year. And it's been a little bit loud here over the past, I would say, a couple of weeks ago. There was a lot of booming and shaking up here in the Lakes area, even at night. <laughs> even at night, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're we're, uh, we're doing our best to uh, work with the units so they can get their stuff knocked out and. Uh, I guess it helps that it's getting darker a little bit earlier now so they can do their day and night qualifications at the same time. Uh, we did have a artillery unit come through, uh, and then we'll have another one coming through in the middle of September here, and they'll they'll make some uh, some louder booms for you. Okay. Oh, great. We'll look forward to that. Yeah. <laughs> now, meanwhile, as we uh, head for fall, does your environmental teams continue to work here right through all seasons? They do, uh, and COVID hasn't really slowed them down uh, at all. Uh, mm-hmm. Just the interaction that they've had with uh, a lot of the state and local partners, uh, as well as the support from all the different federal agencies that, that continue to push the our, push our environmental and natural resource programs. Uh, you know, our, our team has worked uh, with the city of Baxter, uh, Minnesota Power, and a number of other different companies to uh, coordinate some of the uh, unique opportunities here and just in the lakes area and everything. So uh, they've done a lot of stuff and they've kept that relationship alive. And uh, I think we're moving along very well. Now, do I understand that your largest group of employees are what you call the maintainers? Tell us about that. Yeah, I would say, uh, you know, a little better than a third of our uh, employees here at Camp Ripley are our uh, technicians and our mechanics that keep everything running and keep everything serviceable. So they go through and they uh, uh, they do a lot of services and ma- uh, maintenance on the rolling stock that we have here at Camp Ripley. Uh, everything from tanks to trucks. Uh, uh, and then they do services on weapons and our night vision goggles and everything else. And, wow. Uh, they, uh, that's a full-time, full-time gig, and they work really hard and do very well. Uh, you know, recognized nationally for the uh, effort of maintenance that they do to keep our customers uh, functioning while they come here to train. Uh, and then on top of that, a lot of them are uh, members of maintainer units, part of the 
Minnesota National Guard, so they go on the same type of uh, act, state active duty responses or training exercises that, that take place, and they have to fix the things that they break as well as the things that everybody else breaks. So. Isn't that yeah. interesting? Yeah, and you had that large training exercise this year, did you not? Uh, so when that stuff comes back, I suppose they have to work on that as well. Yeah, they do. We uh, we got, you know we shipped about nine rail uh, or nine trains worth of equipment back and forth to California, and they pulled it all off the rail and cleaned it up and sent it off to the maintenance base to change road wheels and tracks and uh, all their different components and. They've got a lot of it back up and running now. The recovery process has been pretty intense, and they uh, are are nearly complete. So. Hmm. Is there another rail movement coming up too? Do I understand? Uh, we shouldn't see anything till uh, probably mid December, some sometime in the early winter here. Uh, so that same unit that went out to California, they're they're preparing for uh, a deployment rotation coming up here um, early next year. Uh, and they'll begin the process of staging their equipment and getting ready to send that to to the ports for uh, embarkation and whatnot. So unbelievable! I just cannot under like I can't even fathom the operation that that must be to do all of these things. It's just mind boggling. Well, we all we all think about getting ready to, for a a two week trip to Disney World or something like that, <laughs> and the suitcases that we pack. Right. You know, just imagine packing up tanks and. Helicopters yeah. and everything else. No, I'm 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 good. <laughs> That's crazy, but yeah. we're glad you're doing it. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, uh, Tony, of course, uh, fall also means the hunting season begins, and in, in at uh, Camp Ripley, I know there are some specialized hunts that take place. Are there not? We yeah, absolutely. So you know, traditionally we have uh, about four or five hunts. Uh, bow hunts that we have and then a muzzle loaders hunt later on in the in the winter uh and that's that's everything from the the dnr's civilian bow hunt to um, our disabled veterans hunt and, and our deployed soldiers hunts uh, as well as a youth hunt um and you know th- there were some con- concerns uh you know with covid and everything about whether or not we could uh, we could still do that but mm-hmm. The way that we executed a lot of our turkey hunts in the in the spring, uh, we're going to follow some of those same practices, and um, it actually is working out really well. So we Good. will have uh, our, our our first one will be the civilian bow hunt uh, on the 14th, and then the 30th of October. So, how do folks get involved with that if they want to come out to the to the land and hunt? So uh, the application process is through, uh, you know, for the service members and whatnot, is through the service organizations, through your VFW and American Legion. Uh, the DNR has an application out on their site, and I believe Central Lakes College is uh, a big partner with that as well, so they okay. have a, a way of getting that information out there as well. Nice. All right. Anything else coming up this fall we should be aware of? You know, we're, we're hoping to see our uh, helicopter brigade, our uh, aviation brigade, coming back. Uh, whether that's late September, early October, we're not 100% on that right now, but uh, we're hoping to see those folks come back from their deployment out to Central Asia. Good. Will that mean an increase in air traffic once <laughs> they do return? Uh, no, I don't know. I think it'll uh, it'll probably maintain a little bit, but uh, we'll, we'll let the tan uh, dissolve from their faces a little bit as they, <laughs> as they get used to Minnesota winters again before we let them fly. So. Yeah. <laughs> a little shock to the system. <laughs> right. 
and you have a welcome home coming up as well, don't you? Yeah, we're uh, you know we're we're hoping that to see that unit and then a couple other units, uh, you know, as far as our uh, uh, Air National Guard units, they're still bringing folks home from deployment. Uh, we just sent a couple of units out uh, for training. They're uh, off preparing for their mobilization, so it's it's a lot of coming and going, but it's uh, it's good to see people returning. Yes, absolutely. Yep. All right. Anything else we need to touch on before we let you guys go today? Uh, no, I, I don't think so. I just really wanted to reiterate again, uh, you know, from General Cruz and from everybody here at the command team about how we appreciate the support, the community, and, uh, you know, we, we, we like it when, uh, when people recognize us and, and, and thank us and, and, and uh, share some of their stories and whatnot. So we appreciate all the, all the interaction that we have within the community. Wonderful. Well, we appreciate what you do. Absolutely. Thank you guys for your service. Gentlemen, thank you very much, and uh, we'll talk again soon. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Take care. All right. Our guests today, Mr. Tony Housie, Camp Ripley Public Affairs, and Mr. Jeremy Sifra, who is the Soldier Family Readiness Specialist. I'm Ken Thomas, along with Tess Taylor. That is today's edition of Community Focus. Don't forget our community focus programs are available to listen to anytime right on our website. Just go to 1067wjjy.com. And you can also listen through our free downloadable app powered by Cuyuna Regional Medical Center.